0: Hello Woodland community, this is Pastor Brian and you are listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast, episode 054. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, it would be nice if we never had to spend time with people who suck the life out of us. Sadly, life doesn't always work out that way. But there are some things we can do to prepare ourselves when we know we're walking into such a stressful situation. What might these ideas be? Check it out. I wish I would have had a plan. I wish I would have thought that through. Why do I have to come up with a response two seconds after the conversation ends? I've run that thought, that mind pattern through my brain many times after a, an interpersonal interaction. And yet still, as often as I know those kinds of questions, those kinds of things, sometimes I still end up walking away drained, defeated, feeling like I had the life sucked out of me. You ever been there? You ever know somebody who could do that to you? We call them real-life vampires. People who suck the life out of you. Have no air around them. And two weeks ago, as we started kind of going into this mini-series, we talked about what it's like, how, do, how we respond when those vampires already have their teeth into you. And already starting to drain you, and saw that there is power and there's freedom and forgiveness. But do we always have to react? Do we always have to let them get the first shot? Or is there something we can do to get ready, to prepare, to armor up? The good news is yes, there are a couple things we can do. Now, there's a little bit of a caveat to this it means following Jesus' example. So this could get a little bizarre. Maybe you look at some of the things I'm going to say, and uh, are you sure? But these are a couple ideas that can give us a suck-proof soul and even allow us to share love, share joy with those around us. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the gift of your word, for how it applies to so many different areas of our lives. Help us, even when we have those people we can't stand around us, to still be able to, to show your love. Amen. Well, as I gave that description of real life vampires, I'm sure you were able to think of one or two people who fit that description perfectly. Maybe there's somebody that you have to see on a regular basis. Maybe a coworker, a classmate, maybe even a family member. So are there those things, or what are those things that we can do? beforehand, if we know we've got to see him anyway, to armor up, to get ready. Because you have often heard me say it is far easier when we're going to go into a stressful situation to plan in peacetime than to try and figure this out when we're in the heat of the moment. So there's a couple of things. And we're going to jump around a few different scriptures today, so we're not just going to entirely stick in one. But the first one comes out of John 10. That says, out of John 10, verses 11 to 18, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I received this commandment, this command from my father. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Here's the first truth that I think will help us prepare for those moments when we've got to deal with a vampire in our life. People can't take what you give away. I promise, I said this was going to be, you know, following Jesus' Jesus's example could get a little bizarre. This is as bizarre as it will get. So, I'm going to focus because there is so much we could cover in that passage. I'm going to focus on verse 18 for a minute. And you'll see where I'm going with this. Verse 18 says, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. And can I start this by just acknowledging a good fact that we do not follow a weak Jesus? We do not follow a Jesus who got bullied onto the cross. We don't follow a Jesus who got gang-tackled in the garden. He went on his own, of his own accord. He said, I will give my life, and you know what? I have the power to take it back up again. In Matthew 27, the crowds, the mob, as mob mentality can be, they tried to call Jesus out, shouting up to the cross. He could free other people. He could save other people. He can't save himself. Now, Jesus, physically speaking, he could have laughed at those nails. He could have looked down at those guards and think, you think a couple sticks of steel is going to keep me on this cross? He could have been like Elijah in the Old Testament, raining down fire. He could have lit up the naysayers like it was the 4th of July, but he didn't. He didn't stay up there because he was weak. He stayed up there because he was strong. Strong enough in his father's will, that you think about the prayer he had that night before, not my will. I'd love to not have to suffer the pain of those steel sticks, but yours be done. He had the strength to give away his will, to live out his father's will, and the mobs could not take that away. Now I get this is an example that is a little hard to follow, and hopefully we never have to experience it in a one-to-one kind of way because that would just be awful. So let me give you an example that's a little more every day. All right, The last month or so, Andrew has finally gotten to the level in his karate where he's getting to, to start practicing sparring. Which basically, if you don't know what sparring is, sparring is basically the entire training session is students going one-on-one for about two minutes and they're, they're fighting each other. Seeing who comes out better. Now, Andrew's been doing karate for about six months now and sparring for uh, maybe about two sessions. So there's two truths that happen every time he gets on that mat. One, whoever he faces probably has more experience than him. And two, Andrew still wants to win so bad. Now, let's say, hypothetically, because fortunately I've not seen this happen, let's let's say Andrew gets called out on the mat against... A braggart. Somebody who, if he wins, he's just going to smear it all over your face. You probably know somebody who's like this. And let's say, hypothetically, Andrew has the match and he loses. And after class, the braggart's all, ha I beat you. I'm better than you. You lost. Ha! Smears his face in it. And Andrew simply says, touches gloves with him and says, congratulations. Good match. He doesn't let the vampire get him. He just gives it away. A thief can't steal from an empty house. And people can't take what you give away. Another idea. This is a phrase that builds on an analogy. So it'll make sense, I promise. But check your balance sheet. This is going to come, I said I was going to jump a few passages. This is going to come out of Matthew 13. A passage you may be familiar with. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying listen a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell on the path and the birds came up and ate them other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil they sprang up quickly since there's since there's no depth of soil but when the sun rose They were scorched, and they had no root, and they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Now, Jesus is talking about how people receive the perfect Word of God. But the fact is, the analogy carries over very well into relationships. Because some relationships, we end up needing to classify. Some people in our lives, to run with that analogy, are assets. Some people in our lives, relationships in our lives, are liabilities. And it's not wrong to classify them, to define them. That's, that's different than judging. Judging okay? Judging a person would be saying, I know their heart. I can say if they're a good person or a bad person. Only God has the ability to do that. Only God has the authority to do that. But we, if we are wise, can classify our relationships. Just the way God, or just the way Jesus classifies how different people will receive the word. Easiest example I can give for this. People who will get this the most. Parents. Anybody a parent here? Okay. I'm just, I know how many of you are parents. It's just I'm trying to make sure you're awake here. Okay? Now, think about your relationship with your kids when they are Sarah's age. Even better, when they are Leah's age. Two. Now, a two-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, maybe not as thankful as they ought to be in a relationship, just as an example. Two-year-old, not going to contribute equally to the relationship that they have with the parent. Great as they are, kids are takers. Kids are, if you were to go between assets and liabilities, they would probably fall under liabilities. That doesn't make them bad people. That just sets the parameters of what the relationship is. The child is going to need more than they can give. Just the nature of kids. The trick is when we go into that relationship knowing that, it becomes a lot easier to not have the life sucked out of us quite so fast. It allows us to to go in with open eyes. Now, on the flip side, we need assets. We need good soil, to use Jesus' words. People who build us up, who encourage us, who lift us up. The fact is, we can't give away everything. We can't give away all of ourselves to everyone. Only God is able to do that. We, don't, we just don't have that capacity. Now, why is this idea important to have some assets, some people in our life who will fill us up, to, to counterbalance those that maybe drain us They maybe require more of us than other people. Well, the last point I want to make is more of an illustration than a scripture breakdown. So, but it says, give you the visual first, that love should overflow, not leak. Now, two weeks ago, when we started this, we ended the service with a good hymn. They'll know we are Christians by our love. It's a hymn that talks very much about Jesus' new commandment that he gives at the Last Supper. Love your neighbor as I have loved you. Now, if you take a look at Jesus' life, you see the people who hung out with the most, his disciples. And it doesn't take much to realize these guys, great as they are, were probably a bit more liability than they were asset, at least during his earthly ministry. The parable I read from Matthew 13 about the sower and and the seeds. In fact, right after the, the verse that I read, the disciples call Jesus together in a small group and say, Jesus, what in the world were you talking about? Why do you always have to talk in parables? I mean, can't you just say it straight for once so us fishermen can get it? Again, if you watch the Gospels, and Jesus is hanging around these people all the time. There are many times Jesus goes off by himself, to pray with his father, to have an asset, so that when people are coming to him wanting, needing, asking, his love can overflow. And he always has a full cup. And more people come and they want healing and they want miracles and they want signs and wonders and they take from him, but you know what? His cup is still full because his love comes from overflowing because he's got an asset his father is always filling him up that's the way it ought to be by contrast if all we have are the people the liabilities in our lives the people who are draining us the vampires the people who just take 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 turns out a little more like this leaky psalm 23 says my cup overflows doesn't say my cup leaks but if people if we're not having people Assets filling us up. Guess what? We try and fill and, and the cup just leaks and look how full it gets. Barely ever gets anywhere. Just stays empty because it just keeps leaking out the cracks, the holes. I'll be honest, this is one of my goals for this summer when I'm turning the, the helm over to you guys and I'm on sabbatical to, to take and make sure I get the cracks in my life sealed up. Why? Because then I can minister and love and help my family and you guys, my community, out of overflow, not out of cracks. I know this is a, it's a I've been racking my brain for the last two months trying to think of how to quantify how this is good, how this is a benefit, and it's difficult to do, difficult to say this is good for this particular empirical reason. But the fact is we all know Uh, really a sobering truth. That if a person lives like this too long, where their love at best is leaking out, their cup is never getting full, never never able to reach overflowing, you know what happens? Eventually, is give up. Stop loving altogether. They become the crotchety old vampire that nobody wants to hang around with. It's not even, they don't even, it's not even that they love is leaking out, it's that there's no love, period. And guess what? The cup is still empty. So this week, think of one person at least in your life that's an asset. Somebody who fills you up. Somebody who encourages you. Somebody who just smiles at the right time to give you hope for the, next, for the rest of the day. And spend some time with them. Maybe it means Coffee with a friend. Maybe it means a date with your spouse. Yes, I hope they still exist. But take that so that you can love out of overflowing. Just like the one who gave himself for you. Thanks again for listening to the Wood Lane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9:45 a.m. See you next week on the Woodland Worship Podcast.